welcome Pastor Josh up as he brings the Word of God to us today. Go get him, big boy. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. You know, I just love that our church is so into fellowship and hanging out that it took me to do a song two times to get your attention. (laughs) I'm sitting here looking out there, and I'm like, they're not coming in here, are they? No. So I have to do it again and get your hands clapping. There's a song about being wakened up, but all y'all look like you need some caffeine, so I'm living caffeine right here. <laughs> Jack Russell on, uh, on uh, not really, so, uh, caffeine. Yeah, Jack Russell on caffeine. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit yeah. and the Holy Spirit series that we're in? John, you said that you practically preached half my sermon, but I mean, good. I was anointed. <laughs> uh, as we're teaching about him and as we're doing the 30 for 30 prayers, there's just so much life happening. There's so much invigoration happening in people's spiritual walks, and I just love it. I love it, and I want to do it more and more. I don't want the Holy Spirit series to end because he's not just a series of theories, right? He is God himself. He is the third person of the Trinity. He's not this emotionalism, this energy that happens. It's like, okay, well, there's the Father, there's the Son, and then there's there's this energy. No, he's the third person. Jesus said, it's good that I go, because then the Comforter, he will come and convict the world of sin. But not only that, he empowers us to do the will of God on the earth as his people, amen? I love uh, a few weeks ago, John was teaching on the things that we will be without if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. And a few of those examples were salvation, miracles, divine comfort, love, healing. Uh, and you couldn't really know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that draws your heart. He's the one that tugs on your heart and opens it and reveals it him to you. You couldn't really understand scripture without the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that makes it pop off the page and gives revelation knowledge. Amen. But today I wanted to focus on something that we also couldn't do without the Holy Spirit, and that is worship. And it's something that he helps us do. The Holy Spirit helps us worship. So what is worship? Well, a a quick definition is, is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power to regard with great or extravagant respect, uh, honor, and devotion. What it isn't is when you hear, you know, a pad sound or something like that, and you're like, ooh, well, that's worship. Oh, you know, or I sing a really lovely note, and you just start bawling your eyes out because it just sounds so beautiful. And you're like, that's worship. No, that's not worship. Worship is a lifestyle of surrender. And this, all this, is just an expression of worship. Music is a very powerful vehicle, however. The prophet in the Old Testament said that bring me a skilled musician that I may prophesy. Because it's inspiring. It kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit. It gets you in the flow. So worship is not just the music. It's a vehicle as to which we get there. So we all worship something. Some of y'all worship money. And you can't have enough of it. It's just constantly what you think about. Everything you do is consumed with wanting to make more of it. Some are consumed with sports. You worship on the altar of sports. And, 
your, your Sundays or your Saturdays or your Friday, your, every single day is consumed with the worship of this almighty sports god. <laughs> Are you convicted? Sorry. <laughs> These things aren't inherently bad. But when they take the place of God on your life, on the throne of your heart, then it becomes the, what the Bible calls idolatry. There's a worship of self. If you're constantly on your phone like, oh my gosh, did they message me back? I, I just had an awesome post today and I see all these notifications coming through. And you're worshiping like, okay, okay, okay. It's the opinions of people. But the only opinion that really matters is you know the answer. So why do we have this tendency to worship everything else but God? Or we start off good, but then just kind of peter off and, you know, it's because we were created to worship, right? We were created for that. God, we're made in God's image to worship Him. But it gets sort of diluted and perverted over, over time and seasons. And we live in a fallen world and everything is grasping at our attention. If we don't worship the Creator, we end up worshiping the creation, So how do we course correct? How do we get back to worshiping God the way he designed us to? And we said it this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit. So today I have a few points, and I'm going to try to get through them as quickly as I can, because I can't wait for the panel. It's going to be fun. Um, A few simple points on how the Holy Spirit can help us worship. And the first one is this. It's be open. Be open. Sometimes it can be difficult to be open. You may associate being open with pain. Like the last time I was open, I was hurt. I was crushed. I let my guard down, and somebody stomped on my heart, and I'm never going to be open again. So you might come in here and think that being open is silly. So we stand here all stoic. I'm going to worship the Lord thy God with my hands in my pocket. You know, and that's, that's fine. If that's how you're encountering the Lord, that's great. But openness to you could mean a sign of weakness. But I will say this, and this is something that I felt the Lord spoke to me, is openness with God is one of the most dignifying, strengthening, non-judgmental, healing, and fruitful things a person can do with their life. Amen? And besides, you can't really hide from God anyway, so... (laughs) Hebrews 4.13 says, "...nothing in all creation is hidden in God's sight." Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So, if you and I get to spend some time together doing God stuff, church stuff, you'll often hear me say this phrase. An encounter with God requires participation. Let's say that together. An encounter with God requires participation. Now, I've been saying that for near a decade, and people that know me are probably sick of hearing me say that. I will never get sick and tired of saying that because it's a reminder to me that I've got skin in the game. It's not just all on him and I get to just sit down and just be. As a believer, I received Christ as my Savior. I was marked with his Holy Spirit and filled with his Holy Spirit as a promise that heaven is my inheritance and I now belong to God, yes. But it's more than that. It's not just for salvation. It's that I am becoming a worshiper. I was saved not just to get to heaven. I was saved to become a worshiper. Revelation 7 says, As I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count 
from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne of the Lamb, and they were worshiping. Say worshiping. And all the angels were standing around the, thro- the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the Lord and worshipped God. Say, worship God. <laughs> That's right. So the truth is, is that once you're saved, we are becoming a worshiper of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us grow in this. Worshiping in heaven is the end game. You think about, okay, I'm gonna, when, I, when I pass away, I'm going to go be with the Lord. I'm going to worship in heaven. But our prayer is the Lord's prayer that says, on earth as it is in heaven, right? And it starts now. It starts now. Can I hear an amen? So what's our part? I love this. God initiates, we respond. We initiate, God responds. It is a partnership. And a partnership requires two people to participate. It takes two to make a thing go right. (laughs) It takes two to make a thing go right. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) You want me to. to, It takes two to make it out of sight. But we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, okay. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You've got skin in the game. An encounter with God requires participation. So he initiates, we respond. God initiates, we respond. We initiate, he responds. Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. And he with me. The Lord initiates by knocking on the door of your heart. But it's up to you to actually open up your heart and let him inside. We cannot expect God to move in our hearts if we don't open our hearts. Your flesh doesn't want to worship. Your flesh would rather just do what's comfortable, what's something that you can grasp, what's dignified, uh, able to be controlled. You know, Galatians 5, 16, 17 says, those who walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit contrary to the flesh. You don't always feel like, all right, well, I know the right thing to do would be to praise and worship, but I don't feel like it. My heart isn't in it right now. But you, you choose to do it anyway because he's worthy, because he deserves praise and glory no matter what. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at what? All times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. So that, to me, says that no matter what circumstances I face, no matter what trials, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. It's, it's, similar to a, it's similar to a marriage when you're up there at the altar and you're committing to this one person that no matter what, sickness and in health, you know, richer for poorer, you're drawing the line in the sand and committing no matter what happens or what lies ahead, I'm committed to you. So in a sense, when we worship God, we're deciding that no matter what, God, your praise shall be on my lips at all times. I shall continually do that. Amen. Did you also know that praise 
and worship lifts the spirit of heaviness? Isaiah 61.3 says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of, say, joy, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A garment is something that you put on. So you've got skin in the game, like I've been saying. This requires participation on your part. God initiates, we respond. Going to I initiate and God responds. Let me tell you a story. A few weeks ago, I was at home. I think my wife was out, uh, was out with the girls just running some errands. And I was putting together my lineup for worship. And I just felt just weary. I felt kind of anxious upset. I had brought all my requests and all these things I've been struggling with before the Lord, just life, you know, analysis, paralysis. Um, And I just felt, you know what? I am going to just grab my guitar and I'm going to walk around my house just praising. I'm going to sing this song before the Lord. So I'm going down my hallway and I'm, and I'm singing out to the Lord and then I ran out of words to say, and I just started kind of melodically singing. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere just came this other voice, this other melody within me. And I felt as though I had like just broke open a dam. And I was in the flow of what God was singing too. And we were both singing together. And then another thing happened. I started thinking about all these things that were wearing down on me. And for some reason, I don't know why I said this, but I said, I miss my father. And as soon as I said that, out of me came this cry, like a baby. The guitar didn't stop. (laughs) I was still worshiping. I was still going through this melody. But this, this feeling in me came where I was being picked up by my father and being held. And being comforted. And I have to believe what we just said and what we just sang, that it was the Spirit crying out within me, Abba, Father. I felt listened to. I felt cared for. I felt, I felt seen. Now, a couple thoughts regarding this kind of experience emotions are not emotionalism. You know, some of y'all could be thinking like, oh, he's, he's probably like depressed and that's why he's so emotional. <laughs> now, those of you who know me, I cry at everything and I laugh at everything and I'm all over the place, man. But who created your emotions? Right? Do you feel emotions in your human relationships? Shouldn't you feel emotions in your relationship with God? Man, it's so quiet in here. <laughs> you guys all right? Still hanging in there? <laughs> Little misty. Jesus said we're to worship God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not just with our intellect. Not just with our feelings. We don't chase feelings. We chase him, and whatever happens in the meantime happens. But what if you're not a no- normally an emotional person? What if 
Josh, I, I, don't, I don't feel God's presence that way. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. That's okay. The Lord speaks to everybody in the way that he knows he, you'll hear him. It could be a scripture popping off the page. It could be in a song while you're driving, and you're like, oh, man, I'm touched by that. That was so revolutionary for me. It could be a memory that pops up, you know, and God wants to minister to you there. It could be when you're going out for a hike, and you're looking around in nature, and you're like, man, God, you're awesome. And that's how God speaks to you. So be open. Be open to how the Lord wants to speak to you. The point of my story is, is I made myself available. I initiated. I participated. And the Holy Spirit partnered with my willingness to worship God and then began the move. How many of you want that? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. You guys seem pretty open today. Two more. So we'd be open. The second one to how the Holy Spirit can help us worship is be dependent Be dependent. Say dependent. When I had that experience, there was a point where I didn't know what to say, like I was saying. Sing or even ask him for. There were so many thoughts and feelings going on on the inside, and I wanted to lay them all down. I didn't have the sufficient amount of words. I wanted to lay them all down. And as I began to sing out, I chose to depend on him understanding what my heart was saying. That's Romans 8, 26 through 27. Let's read that. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You can depend on the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need because He made you fearfully and wonderfully. He knows exactly who you are and what you need and you can depend on Him to know what your heart really is. It's not what you, necessarily what you're asking for. You can be specific with God in your prayers. You can be, you should be, it's absolutely true. Just like Nehemiah. What do you want? I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Perfect. But sometimes dependency is the sovereignty of God, trusting in the sovereignty of God. You know exactly what I need, Lord, and so I'm just going to lay it all down and I'm going to surrender. Does this make sense? <laughs> Galatians 4, 6, because you are sons of God, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Say, Abba, Father. Abba. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever come to the end of yourself? You ever been in a moment or a time in your life where just like, I'm done? (laughs) Maybe you've just done everything you could to fix your marriage, fix your life, your job, your whatever situation that you're just, I feel stuck and completely powerless in this situation. Maybe it's depression, loneliness, fear. Could be any of those things. Whatever it is, you've likely been in a place to where you are perplexed and overwhelmed, right? 
Like, I'm just completely, completely perplexed and overwhelmed on what to do next. That even making one more decision is exhausting. You ever have that decision fatigue? I think a lot of people were making decision fatigue during the pandemic and when it was at its height. There's one thing after another. What else are they going to put in play? (laughs) These are the circumstances, however, that we need to depend on God for not only his ability to work out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You, every single one of you, is called according to his purpose. And he has the ability and will work out everything for the good of those who love him and are called. Are you called? He's a good father. And he knows you. He knows what you're struggling with and what you need. Matthew 6, 8 talks about that. Or just, you know, how, what should I pray? Teach us to pray. He's like, don't keep babbling on with things. The Lord knows what you need before you even ask him. Proverbs 3, 5. Let's read, let's say this together. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen? The disciples had a moment of perplexity, the followers of Christ, when they were all kind of just hanging out with Christ and he said, if you don't drink my blood or eat my flesh, you have no part of me. They're like, what the heck did he just say? You have no part of me if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh. It was symbolic, but they were taking it literally. And so this is a hard message. And so the followers all left him. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and was like, you want to leave too? Peter's reply fascinates me. John 6.68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So when the Lord does something that we don't understand, can't figure out, comprehend, it is not irresponsible or foolish of us to submit to him anyway. Right? Even when our minds haven't caught up with his wisdom. If we humble ourselves and submit, that is worship. Humbling ourselves, submitting to God, depending on him, that is worship. So the bottom line in this point is you cannot worship God apart from his spirit. That's why Jesus offers you his Holy Spirit. That's good news, amen? Because we don't have the ability in and of ourselves to have all the revelation we need of who God is and who we are in him. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead and, you know, the disciples were dispersed, They were in Jerusalem, and he he gave them instructions before he was taken up into heaven. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, because you can't do what God has called you to do in your life, your marriage, your job, know him even, without the Holy Spirit. So be open, be dependent, and the third one is, if you're doing those, You can be expectant. 
If you're open to the Holy Spirit and dependent on him, you can certainly be expectant for him to move. King Jehoshaphat, the enemies, uh, this was back in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Enemies were surrounding them, coming up against them. There was no way that Israel was going to de- be able to defeat this army. Absolutely no way. So Jehoshaphat prayed, and he called a nationwide fast. And then God himself was the one that laid a whooping on the enemy. He's the one that fought his battle. Amen. Solomon, after he completed the temple, they were all worshiping inside the temple. And then the glory of God, in response to that, filled the temple so much they couldn't even continue worshiping. They couldn't even continue to stay in there. They had to get out. The glory was so thick. Pretty amazing, huh? Paul and Silas. When they were in prison, they both decided to worship God in prison, chained to the wall. And the prisons, they're not like today's prisons. Those were nasty places. They were in prison and decided to worship the Lord when all of a sudden, an earthquake. And then the doors flung open, not just for Paul and Silas, but for the other prisoners in there as well. So sometimes... Our praise and worship can set captives free that are around us. Praise lifts that heaviness. It's powerful. So, the disciples asked questions all the time, as John was saying earlier before I I started speaking. Whenever they were confused about, hey, Jesus, what did you mean by this? What were you saying in this instance? And he would explain to them. But they didn't shut down the whole program just to, hey, I'm not going a step further until I fully understand you. (laughs) Okay, good luck with that. He explained along the way. They asked questions along the way. So what we're going to do now is we're going to invite Pastor Mark up, Pastor John, Dennis. Uh, I think you're coming up, right? Or is it Gary? Or Gary. Gary. Gary's going to come up, yeah. First of all,